Thank you for downloading this week's episode of Throwback Country Music. I am your host, Britt Jones. Please do me a favor, hit the subscribe button, give us a five-star rating, write a short review. This podcast has been growing tremendously, overwhelmed by all the support from people all across the country. This week's episode is Mr. T.G. Shepard, 21 number one hits. A lot of you will recognize his big songs from back in the 80s. Now, T.G. was a really, real close personal friend of Elvis Presley, and he shares several stories about hanging out with the king of rock and roll. Visit us on the web at throwbackcountrymusicpodcast.com. You can also visit me on Facebook, facebook.com forward slash throwbackcountry, or you can go to my other Facebook page, which is Brit Jones Music. That's one T, Brit Jones Music. You can also follow me on Twitter and Instagram with the same handle, Brit Jones Music. Email me. Let me know your comments. Give me some comments. Give me some questions to ask artists. Tell me who you want to hear on the podcast. It's B as in boy, Jones, B Jones, at throwbackcountrymusicpodcast.com. This week is T.G. Shepard. Next week is the daughter of June Carter Cash and stepdaughter of the man in black Johnny Cash, Miss Carlene Carter. That is next week. And then the week after that, you will hear 90s country music superstar Brian White. Now, without further ado, here is the show you've been waiting for, T.G. Shepard. Enjoy. Well, we are here with one of my favorite classic country artists, Mr. T.G. Shepard. How you doing, man? Well, I'm trying to stay dry. It's pouring down rain here in uh, in Nashville. I'm at, at my home in Nashville today. Well, and I'm uh, supposed to turn to, I guess, uh, wintry mix later on tonight, but I'm just trying to stay dry. But I'm doing good. Life's great. Well, man, I, I'm so it's so good to hear that, and it's uh, it's very cold where I'm at here in Commerce, and there's no rain yet, but I'm, I'm sure we'll get it. Um, I'm sure it's on its way. Yeah, man, I, I've been listening to this song on repeat, and I love it. It's called "It's Your Brand New Single." It just came out. I want to live like Elvis, man. Tell us about that song and how that came about. Well, you know, I've never been the type of artist to. Um, do songs about Elvis because of our friendship. We mm. were very close friends for 16 years, and I never wanted to make it appear that I would uh, connect myself to him for personal gain or for my career. So for 40-something years, I never did anything like that. But um, I'm in the middle of <clears throat> finishing up uh, my first uh, country solo album in 23 years, and and while in the studio, this song just kind of came to me through one of the background singers, Chip Davis, who wrote it. And it, it was just a fun song. It was telling a lot about Elvis's life in under four minutes. And I just thought it might be fun to include this song on the album as more of a, you know, an honoring my friendship with Elvis. And so it, it came about that way. It just it's such a fun, fun song to, to listen to. It's got a great feel to it. 
It really does, man. I love the I love all the lyrics from the pink Cadillac to, to all that, and it's uh, it does, man. It just takes you back to the King of Rock, and so did. Now you talked to Priscilla. She gave you her blessing, didn't she? Well, you know, anytime you do something, you want to make sure because of friendships, you want to make sure that everybody's on the same page. And so Priscilla and I have remained close through the years, as well as the whole family. And uh, uh, so I was in Memphis uh, a few months ago, and I had finished recording uh, I Want to Live Like Elvis. And I told my wife, Kelly, Kelly Lang, who is also a great singer, songwriter. Yes, she is. Uh, I said, honey, if Priscilla's staying in the suite next to us here, I'm, I wonder if I could just knock on her door and, and uh, see if she would have a minute to listen to the song. And, and Kelly said, well, I think you should. I think she'd like it. So I uh, went next door and sat down with Priscilla and asked her if she would listen to the song, give me her opinion on it. And so she heard it and started laughing, and she said, Gigi, I love this song. She said, especially the part in there where it says, love your mama and lay around with Scylla and silk pajamas. She said, that's funny. <laughs> so once I knew that she liked the song and uh, it, it hit her the same way it hit me as something very fun, a fun type song, uh, I felt, uh, I felt, you know, like it was okay to go ahead and release it as a single so uh, i'm glad we i'm glad we did it's doing great at radio i'm glad it is too man and you know before we dive into some of your uh your hits we're talking about elvis tell us how did you actually meet the king of rock well you know i was a runaway Brett, at, at 15 years old I, I ran away to chase this dream that i that god has let me catch i've been so blessed uh, I hitchhiked to Memphis and uh, was really homeless. And a friend of mine worked at the skating rink in Memphis, and he let me come over late one night and skate. And about midnight, I walked outside to uh, figure out where I was going to lay down and sleep for the night, whether it was a park bench or an alleyway or wherever, uh, office building, uh, just wherever I could lay down and get warm. Mm. And uh, I'm standing out front at about midnight, and a couple of Cadillacs pull up, and Elvis gets out from behind the wheel of the lead car and walks right over to me and asks me where I was going. And I said, well, you know, I'm leaving because they're they're closing the uh, skating rink down. And he said, no, no, you're wrong. They're opening it up for me. I said, uh -huh. really? Of course, I was in shock because I'm standing there talking to Elvis Presley. He's talking to me, of all people. and. Mm. So he asked me to come in and skate with him, and, and I did, and I skated with him till about 4 or 5 a.m., and then we went to Graceland and had a, the famous peanut butter and banana sandwich, and that was the start of a friendship that never stopped. It continued for 16 years. Man, that's that's all. That gives me cold chills, and, you know, and he, <laughs> uh, he blessed you, man, uh, with uh, your first bus. Yeah, I was just starting out, and, you know, what – the, the bus, the tour bus was a great gift, uh, and it came at a time that I didn't even have a band yet. I mean, I was uh, I was traveling the country in a, in a car with a, just a guitar player. Mm. Um, so, uh, but what happened, Brent, with the bus was when he gave me that lark of the gift, uh, it it gave me confidence that if someone like Elvis or someone as big as Elvis believed in what I was doing, 
then it gave me the confidence to really push forward and, and really work on my career. And, and, uh, it did, it gave me confidence and, uh, I started cutting hit records and I, I never looked back after that, but he, mm. he, he gave me a, a great gift. He gave me the opportunity to be confident in what I, what I do. And TG man, after, after all that, you know, you, you had 21 number one hits. That is, many people can't say that, TG. And, and to, I mean, is that, do you ever just sit back and pinch yourself? <laughs> Every day. Wow. <laughs> well, you know, it's it, sometimes I'll, I'll be in the middle of, of a concert and I'll be singing songs and I'll get through the concert and I'll be sitting backstage by myself. And I, I sit there and I, I say to myself, did I really have those? hit records i mean because hmm. i used to dream of just having maybe one or two hit records right. i never i never dreamed that it would string into 21 number one hits and and still be touring 40 years later right now and uh, touring every week and to mm -hmm. large large crowds and younger crowds again and it's just an amazing time to see the groundswell of classic country artists right now there, there's a return to that music and and the kids are turning on to it again. Man, you, you know, you are so right. And, uh, even in our area here in Georgia, classic country artists from the 70s, 80s, even now 90s, they are they are touring again. And you guys are, are, are packing out the venues and, and you can you see this resurgence. And, and you even see, I'm sure you've been able to see some younger fans come to your shows that are loving classic country. Well, you know, I am. I'm looking out and seeing people in their 20s singing the words to my songs, and I'm going, these songs were recorded before they were born. How do they know them? And they've learned them through their parents yeah. and their grandparents. And, yeah. and you know, you're, you're talking about the resurgence of, of, of my era of the 80s and 90s. You know, I sent Blake Shelton a, a message, and uh, Blake and I have been friends since the very beginning when he started. And yeah. I, I complimented him on picking on his new tour, classic artists like the Bellamy's and uh -huh. John, John Anderson and, and Trace Adkins. And I said, man, you're bridging the gap between the past and the present. And right. my hat, I salute you for it. And mm -hmm. he, he sent me a great message back and said he appreciated my compliment, but yeah. you know, it, it's a new day for, uh, for, for country music. And let me ask you this, your, your uh, professional opinion. Why is it that, that traditional country, uh, from the eighties still resonates today. Well, because what country music is missing today, artists of the eighties and nineties are still doing what it's missing is it's more than just a sound or a beat. It is a story. Mm. And a lot of, uh, artists of my era, we are into melodies and, when you walk around your house or sitting in your car or wherever you are and you start whistling or humming a song, usually that melody is the first thing that comes to your mind and right. then the lyrics come. So, yeah, we, we've kind of gotten, I think, away from that in country music, and, and now they're going back to to the artists hmm. uh, who, who, who are, were melody people and lyric people, and yeah. it's just very exciting. Yeah, that's that's so true. And and songs, man. And going back to you, your hits. You know, you had you had some of the songs that just 
you, you sang with conviction, such as Party Time and I Love Them Everyone, even Devil in a Bottle. You, you can just tell the conviction in your voice and, and the way you portrayed those songs. And I, for me, I miss it today. And that's why I love being able to go back to guys like you that, that sang with that powerful conviction. Man, that's what a great compliment, Brett. Thank you so much. I'm, I, I'm, I'm very fortunate to be able to, you know, uh, still record and, and do new music. And that's, that's why I'm doing a new album right now. Mm -hmm. my, my first album, in, as I say, 23 years, my first country solo album. I've wow. done duet albums and stuff, but, but it's, you know, and, and I also want to mention to you that anybody who's listening to, you know, I want to live like Elvis. I invite them to go to iTunes or to yep. Amazon or Spotify or any of those places that you can listen to downloaded music and purchase it. I, I hope they will. But mm -hmm. no, it's it's an exciting day right now to uh, see what's going on in, in my uh, in my business and and to still be out here touring constantly every month is just yeah. a real treat for me, a real joy. About how many dates you uh, try to do each year now, TG? About a hundred. Wow. And, and you put travel days with that and you're gone a lot. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and yeah. of course, mixed in with that, of course, is, you know, doing the Opry from time to time sure. here yeah. uh, and doing some television things. And uh, so, again, we're, we're busy. We're busy uh, all the time. And uh, I'm, I'm, I'm thankful to be married to a great lady who, as I said earlier, a singer songwriter who understands what I do. Uh -huh. And so when I come in off the road and I tell her what happened on tour, then she understands. Kelly, Kelly, really and truly is probably one of the greatest songwriters and uh, and singers, you know, above being my wife. That uh, a guy can could ask for. I mean, I'm I, very fortunate. And I know uh, my classic country listeners; they they know who Kelly is, and, and I need to get her on the show, TG. <laughs> oh, she'd love to do an interview with you sometime. Yes, yeah, she would. Yes, oh. you would. Well, man, I, and today, today I was listening to an album that we had talked about yesterday, but uh, the, the duet album that you came out with in 2015, the people that you had on that record, TG, <laughs> it was, I mean, it's incredible. The well, it, it, the album Legendary Friends and Country Duets was done a few years ago, but I, uh, I was very fortunate to uh, have every person that I invited to do the album come and, and record with me uh people like willie and of course at that time haggard and jones and and the oaks and jerry lee lewis mm -hmm. and uh that just in bj thomas and crystal gale and larry morgan and just ricky skaggs the list went on right. forever so that was a fun album to do um and uh as i say this is my first time back in the studio in many years and mm -hmm. of course the first time in the studio with a solo album in 23 years. But Country Duets was fun to do, and, and I was honored to have those names of yeah. that magnitude come in and, and sing with me. And, and TG, you know, it's it's uh, your buddies, uh, Merle and George, and to know that that was one of their last times in the studio recording. Well, it was. It was George's last uh, studio wow. uh, session. and. Mm -hmm. He came in and met me, and we spent the day together. We filmed it. Uh, it I, it's all on film, which thank God I did that. And yeah, it was uh, a memorable day. And we never would have thought that just a few short months later he'd mm -hmm. be he'd be gone. But uh, it, George Jones was one of those rare individuals. And and when I was singing with him, 
there was no greater harmony singer than George Jones. I mean, he could right. pick up a harmony in a heartbeat. Mm -hmm. And uh, it, it was a it was a fun day to be able to spend the day in the studio with him. In mm, a distinctive harmony, I'm telling you. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, as we wrap this up, let me ask you, do you have a favorite hit or something, or your go-to song when you sing live? Well, you know, it's... They're like saying, you know, which uh, which child is your favorite right. child that you have? Uh, they're all very special to me. But there are there are three or four in the show that that I kind of look forward to when in the set that mm -hmm. I know they're getting ready to come up. Yeah, um, I, I love doing. I love them every one, and I, I love my favorite. I guess is probably Slow Burn. Oh yeah. Um, but uh, you know, Party Time and uh, the Last Children's Walls. Those are are a few. But uh, there's no way that you can do all of them in one show, so you just have to kind of pick the ones that you hope that people want to hear the most. Uh -huh. and, uh, it, it was, uh, it, it's always difficult to, to try to pick the songs because you don't want to disappoint someone who might have come to hear a certain one. And I'm sure you get at the autograph booth somebody that says you didn't play my song. <laughs> yeah, I do. Every it happens every time, every time. But <laughs> I'm just thankful that we had enough number one songs that people still want to hear them. Yeah, and, and I, I'm going to harp on this, but man, so many artists are excited about a top ten. And yeah. son, you've had 21. It just blows my mind. That's just <laughs> that's so unheard of. Well, it, it does me too, and and even to now be on the radio again with the new song, uh -huh. it's so strange. It's like because uh, a lot's happened uh, since I was having hits. I mean, technology yeah. has changed. Records are better now than they were then because of technology. Social media has come into play yeah. where you can actually build a career off of Twitter and Instagram and mm -hmm. Facebook. And, and while I'm talking about that, I invite anybody to follow me on Twitter and Instagram at TG Shepherd official or yep. go to Facebook. And cause I'm, I'm on there every day. I mean, I'm, yep. that's my, uh, I'm addicted just like everybody. Else. <laughs> so I, I really, I really enjoy going there. So I invite everybody to follow us. I love that. And if you go to TG Shepherd.com fans, uh, you can also, there's links to his Facebook and Twitter on there as well. Um, TG, thank you so much for being on the show. I've enjoyed well, it. I, I paid you a compliment earlier, but I want to tell it to you again because I want to make sure that people know this. And I want to make sure that you hear it again because yes, there, you know, I do, I do do a lot of interviews and the, the true professional people who do interviews are people who have mastered the art of conversation. Because a great interview is just a conversation. And, and you, my friend, have mastered the art of interview because when talking to you, it's just a conversation. And you're, you, need to know, you need to know as well as everybody listening that you are great at what you do. Well, thank you so much, TG. That is a huge compliment coming from you and uh, man, when this when the record comes out in the spring, I'm gonna get in contact and, and we're gonna do another uh, show on the actual album. Well, you got my number. You know how to reach me. Yes, All you sir. gotta do is pick up the phone and call me. All right, man. You have a blessed day. You too. You take care. Good to hear your voice. You too, TG. See you. Okay. Bye. Thank you so much for listening to this week's podcast. 
Please visit me on the web at throwbackcountrymusicpodcast.com. There's links to all of our guest artists on there. I hope you enjoyed T.G. Shepard. What a great guy he was. We had a great conversation. And I'm so thankful that he said what he said. He was such a nice guy. And so I'm truly honored. Now, once again, please uh, hit the subscribe button. That will help the podcast continue to grow. And without you guys... I wouldn't be able to bring on the artists that I bring on. You know, we are, we're growing tremendously, and I'm able to continue to bring uh, some of the biggest names in country music from the 80s, 90s, early 2000s. Now, you can also go back to the archives. If you've missed any episode, there's plenty of episodes to catch up on. And you can go to, of course, throwbackcountrymusicpodcast.com and click on the button that says click here to listen. And then once you do that, it'll take you to my um podcast page and every single episode we've had will be on there uh, if you haven't heard any of the other shows i've got interviews with Lori morgan shenandoah john barry billy dean he hauls lulu which was awesome Jeannie seeley grendel opry member and uh just so many more so go back and check our archives you, you will really enjoy these shows uh you can hear what you're uh, favorite country music stars from back then are doing today. So thank you so much. Have a great week. Hang out with me next Monday when we interview the one and only country music royalty, Carlene Carter. Have a great week, y'all. We are sitting here today with the one and only talented and lovely Miss Carlene Carter. Carlene, thank you for being on the show. Well, thank you very much, Brent. I'm glad to be here on Throwback Country Music. <laughs> <laughs> well, we're gonna we're we're about to, we're gonna touch on that '90s country in just a little bit, but I wanted to start off because I was so interested in reading your bio off your website. That, of course, so many of our listeners, Carlene, know who the Carter family is, but you started at the age of 17, uh, basically your career singing with them, correct? Yeah, I did. Uh, I, I Basically, what happens is, uh, and it's happened to all my cousins and my sisters and all of us, they kind of throw you out on stage. Uh, right. They kind of like have you go out on, during Circle Be Unbroken, and if you don't break people's eardrums, you get to stay long enough to see if you can sing. Oh, so, wow. <laughs> wow. <laughs> I, kind of, I, I think I really my first time I was about 16 when I did that, and I was at a, a revival kind of thing with Rex Humbard, uh, was an evangelist that you know, John and June were going to play a show at his church or something. Yeah. And that we sang circle be unbroken. And I stood between my aunt Helen and my aunt Nita. And it was the first time I'd sang publicly on stage. And my, my leg was shaking and bouncing so much. Uh. It's the only time I think I ever was what would be considered nervous, except for me, I was just so excited. So, you know, over the years, people say, don't you get nervous? It's like, no, I get excited. Right. Uh, yeah, so I've been at it a good long time, honey. Well, that's, <laughs> you know. and 45 years. <laughs> is it 45? Wow. 
Yeah, I guess. 45, well, 63, 46 years. Well, you don't look 63. You still look amazing. Well, thank you. I'm working <laughs> on it. Okay. Um, well, one th you know, touching on that, I am so interested in knowing this question. Um, and I'm sure you were close, but uh, what was Miss Maybell Carter like off stage? Was she the, what we as fans would hope she was as a grandmother or how, how was your oh, relationship? She was my favorite person. My oh. grandma was, um, yeah. I cried to go to grandma's. I cried to, if I had to leave grandma's, <laughs> I was all about grandma cause she was fun. Yeah. Um, she, I was her first grandchild, a granddaughter. Mm -hmm. So that was a special bond. Yeah. And, she everything she did is everything I wanted to do. Like she loved bowling, she uh -huh. loved fishing, she loved working in the garden. Uh, so many of the things that I really enjoy in my life, I learned from my grandma and did wow. with my grandma. Uh, she was a great driver. I loved driving. You know, she uh -huh. was not scared to go fast. She could talk <laughs> the cops out of it. Um, you know, uh, she was a perfectionist in a way. Uh, and she was inv inventive uh, as far as, like, you know, the way she developed her guitar style. Definitely. And I've certainly inherited that, that all things are possible attitude of, like, hey, I don't play the piano like I was taught to play by the classical trainer, uh -huh. you know. Uh -huh. I I have some of those aspects in the way I play, but I play whatever my body feels. And it doesn't feel anything fancy most of the time. It's just ba really basically, even though I'm probably capable of playing much more, you know, fancy. Right. I don't. But Grandma, you know, coming up with the guitar style she did is I've come up with my own kind of Carter family scratch style, which is based on hers. But it, it's I'm never going to do it exactly like her. Yeah. I learned how to do it like her, but it's in my body to do it slightly a little bit different. Right. And, um, so yeah, grandma is a great grandma and she was funny and she, which wasn't that she was like funny that you'd laugh all the time, but she just busted my granddaddy all the time <laughs> and they just busted each other. And granddaddy was constantly winking behind her back at me because he'd wind her up. And, you know, it's just like, these things that you see as a kid that you remember when you yeah. grow up and you go, Oh, I see. That was their whole, their little foreplay or they're yeah. playing together. <laughs> uh, what treasures fun. you have in your memory, mm -hmm. you know, I do. Um, I really do. What, you know, one of the most famous arenas or stadiums that is in the world, Carlene is Wembley stadium. And I saw that. Uh -oh. um, I lost I, you for a second. What'd you say? The Wembley Stadium, the most oh, famous, yeah. one of the most famous arenas in the world. I love how uh, that you got to sing in that stadium. That's a really cool story I was reading. Oh, yeah, I did. Um, well, I've sang there a few times. Okay. Uh, they had, at Wembley, they had, uh, for a long time, they had, I can't remember what they called it, but it was a big country festival that they had. Yeah. We are sitting here today with the one and only talented and lovely Miss Carlene Carter. Carlene, thank you for being on the show. 
Well, thank you very much, Brent. I'm glad to be here on Throwback Country Music. <laughs> <laughs> well, we're gonna we're we're about to, we're gonna touch on that '90s country in just a little bit, but I wanted to start off because I was so interested in reading your bio off your website. That, of course, so many of our listeners, Carlene, know who the Carter family is, but you started at the age of 17, uh, basically your career singing with them, correct? Yeah, I did. Uh, I, I Basically, what happens is, uh, and it's happened to all my cousins and my sisters and all of us, they kind of throw you out on stage. Uh, right. They kind of like have you go out on during Circle Be Unbroken, and if you don't break people's eardrums, you get to stay long enough to see if you can sing. Oh, so, yeah. Wow. <laughs> I kind I, I think I really my first time I was about sixteen when I did that, and I was at a, a revival kind of thing with Rex Humbard, uh, was an evangelist that you know, John and June were going to play a show at his church or something. Yeah. And they, we sang Circle Be Unbroken. And I stood between my Aunt Helen and my Aunt Nita. And it was the first time I'd sang publicly on stage. And my my leg was shaking and bouncing so much. Uh. It's the only time I think I ever was what would be considered nervous. Except for me, I was just so excited. So... You know, over the years, people say, don't you get nervous? It's like, no, I get excited. Right. Uh, yeah, so I've been at it a good long time, huh? Well, that's, <laughs> you know. and 45 years. <laughs> is it 45? Wow. Yeah, I guess. 45, well, 63, 46 years. Well, you don't look 63. You still look amazing. Well, thank you. I'm working <laughs> on it. Okay. Uh, well, one th you know, touching on that, I am so interested in knowing this question. Um and I'm sure you were close, but uh, what was Miss Maybell Carter like off stage? Was she the what we as fans would hope she was as a grandmother, or how how was your oh, relationship? Oh, she was my favorite person. My oh. grandma was. Uh, yeah. I cried to go to grandma's. I cried to if I had to leave grandma's. <laughs> I was all about grandma because she was fun. Yeah. Um. She. I was her first grandchild, a granddaughter. Mm -hmm. So that was a special bond. Yeah. And she, everything she did is everything I wanted to do. Like she loved bowling. She uh -huh. loved fishing. She loved working in the garden. Uh, so many of the things that I really enjoy in my life, I learned from my grandma and did wow. with my grandma. Uh, she was a great driver. I loved driving. You know, she uh -huh. was not scared to go fast. She could talk <laughs> the cops out of it. Um, you know, uh, she was a perfectionist in a way, uh, and she was inv inventive uh, as far as, like, you know, the way she developed her guitar style. Definitely. And I've certainly inherited that, that all things are possible attitude of, like, hey, I don't play the piano like I was taught to play by the classical trainer, uh -huh. you know. Uh -huh. I I have some of those aspects in the way I play, but I play whatever my body feels. And it doesn't feel anything fancy most of the time. It's just ba really basically, even though I'm probably capable of playing much more, you know, fancy, right. I don't. But Grandma, you know, coming up with the guitar style she did is I've come up with my own kind of Carter family scratch style, which is based on hers, but it, it's 
I'm never going to do it exactly like her. Yeah. I learned how to do it like her, but it's in my body to do it slightly a little bit different. Right. And um, so, yeah, grandma is a great grandma and she was funny and she, which wasn't that she was like funny that you laugh all the time, but she just fussed at my granddaddy all the time and they just, <laughs> busted each other and granddaddy was constantly winking behind her back at me because he'd wind her up and you know it's just like these things that you see as a kid that you remember when you grow up and you go oh i see that was their whole their little foreplay or they're playing together (laughs) oh what treasures you have in your memory Mm -hmm. you know i do Um, i really do what you know one of the most famous arenas or stadiums that is in the world carlene is wembley stadium and i saw that uh, I lost you for a second. What'd you say? The Wembley Stadium, the most oh, famous, yeah. one of the most famous arenas in the world. I love how uh, that you got to sing in that stadium. That's a really cool story I was reading. Oh, yeah, I did. Um, well, I've sang there a few times. Okay. Uh, they had, at Wembley, they had, uh, for a long time, they had, I can't remember what they called it, but it was a big country festival that they had. Yeah. Okay. So, yeah, Wembley was, you know, like, uh, amazing experience. It was, like, a huge, huge audience. Mm-hmm. And then... Later on, got to sing at Royal Albert Hall. Oh, wow. Usually, yeah, usually I I got to sing at some of these places that I always thought were the, the epitome of success. Yeah. Just sing there. It didn't matter how you got to sing there. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> you know, most of mine was uh, on the arm. Uh, most of mine were on the arm of uh, someone else. You know, in the sense of uh, either with Mom and John or the Carter family or uh, opening for someone. You know, like I got to – hold on a second. Uh, Okay, sorry about that. I had a call coming in. I wanted to keep – is this messing you up, all this? No, I'm good. Okay, good. All right. Uh, So – not that long ago, I got to play Carnegie Hall because wow. I was opening for John Mellencamp. Yeah. And I never thought I'd make it to Carnegie Hall. Mm. There's a certain amount of reality that sits in, um, you know, as you get older yeah. in this business where you just kind of go, you know, I'm probably never going to headline at Carnegie Hall. That was fine. I got to sing on that stage by myself. Yeah. And my husband got to go out on that stage and sing with me and so to me that's like i was at carnegie hall y'all i don't care what that's it that's it (laughs) but i got to see the world and i got to learn how to be an entertainer in front of a lot of people which is the best way to learn how yeah uh and watching my folks on the stage you know i bet yeah so and my grandma was just like uh as grandma she I remember the very first time she, I really realized what an impact she had on others was with me, myself and my sister Rosie and my cousin Lori. And I believe Roseanne was there as well. We got to go with the Carter sisters and Maybelle. Mama wasn't there. It was Helenita and Maybelle and opened for the nitty gritty dirt band. And it was right after the dirt band circle being broken. Yeah. 
and grandma, but they introduced her. And before she even made it all the way on the stage or touched her instrument, she got a giant standing ovation from all of these kids who were sitting there smoking pot with their legs crossed oh in the collards. And I went, oh, my goodness, my grandma, they they know who my grandma uh-huh. is. But to me, she was grandma. Right, right. She just happened to, you know, play. That's, that's um, I love that story. Yeah, it's cool. And so when you, uh, you know, you, you had s- several years of making records and then uh, the 90s hit when, and I always tell this to my guests, Carlene, and I think you'd agree, something about the early 90s, women started getting a push. You know, we started having all these incredible singers like Pam Tillis, Lori Morgan, Carlene Carter, Kathy Mateo. Ah. You know, what, what was it about that that made that had the women were just on fire then? Well, I'll tell you this. From my perspective, and I think I could probably even speak for Lori and Pam, a lot of it had to do with the fact that up until the late, very late 80s, mm-hmm. uh, there were very few women that could go out and tour as a uh, headline act and yeah. make it. Yeah. It always was attached to a man. And that was explained to me from the label and when I re-signed to Warner's that – uh, you know, 85% of the buying market were women, and women didn't like women. And I said, that's just insane. I'm sorry. I'm not buying it. Yeah. Um, they want to buy men's records. Well, I also really believed when I came back into that, that video was going to sell records. And I think that that's a lot of what helped people like myself, Pam and Lori, was, and certainly for me, because my video broke before my single broke. People were calling radio stations and saying, I saw this on CMT. There's something about what you want to do that for. It's Mm -hmm. uh, curl in red with blonde hair, you know? (laughs) (laughs) But I really believed in it that, that, uh, that that was a great way to sell women. You know, still for many years after that, until yeah. Lori, Pam, and I, coincidentally, did our first all-female headline 